Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network, so definitely go check out their PD that you can get. And right now, we're going to dive right in to the company we keep. And this is a solo podcast with just me, so hopefully you're going to be willing to stick around there just to listen to my old voice. Uh, this is Season 5, Episode 4. Can't believe it. And this is a similar but different topic. The company we keep. I, I titled it that because I think about like in our lives, we choose to keep company, right? We choose to have people in our in our spaces and places, and, and then we as educators find ourselves in a classroom where we have a mix of kids, kids that like with different personalities that, you know, wouldn't mix and interact with each other. They wouldn't keep company with each other. And some would keep company with each other. You've all seen it. You've all been there. There's the students that can kind of float above it all and definitely be with everybody's group. And then there's definitely the students who, uh, you know, are a little more shy, a little more reserved Then there's the sort of outgoing, but still, uh, not everybody necessarily wants to interact with them. I mean, it, it, we have quite the makeup in our classrooms these days. And I got to say, here's where I think about the company I choose to keep in my house, in my life, and something that I have seen over the years that bring people together. I think you know it. Drum roll. We saw it coming. It's going to be games, right? It's going to be games bring people together, and it can really tie together all of those people, right? And so in my classroom, you know, I, for those of you who don't know, I'm teaching sixth grade and I'm in a hybrid sort of situation. However, over the course of the year, more and more of the students have sort of come on campus. I I want to say we're at like 3% students online right now. Still, that means I have somebody in pretty much every one of my classes online. So this suggestion is a little more for the company that you have in the same place. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the games that you could play in your classroom and and maybe, you know, choose to pick up. Yep, mm, these are these suggestions are going to cost a little money, but they're nice things you can kind of throw in there. Uh, if you got a little bit of time, if you need a little bit of a filler, if you're like our school, and this is where I use it, our school this year has sort of put students in our classrooms a lot as far as it being their advisor. So uh, we're with kids kind of in the morning for check-in. That's kind of the norm. Then you're obviously with kids in the class. Then there's lunch they eat in your room. And then there's kind of an end of the day check-in there in your room. And then if there is like a study hall or or sort of like a reading period there in your room. So they're, they're with you a lot. And so I found like this idea of bringing people together, the company they keep, is is truly important because what we have now in the middle school that I teach, there's almost a little bit more of a family atmosphere because we are with each other a ton. And that family atmosphere, if you think about it, <laughs> love it or hate it, your family sometimes gets on each other's nerves because you're with each other all the time. You know what buttons to push. But then on the flip side, like you also kind of like super love each other and will protect and defend each other. And my advising is that. So 
perfectly. Like they they love each other. They they understand each other. Everyone is sort of loosely friends, but that doesn't necessarily mean they know how to interact with each other. And so I started to pull off some of the games off my game shelf and really think what could I use that could not take a lot of time and be easy to understand yet be fun enough, right? That like your your mind is sort of moving on fire. And I, I have a couple to share with you here. So we're going to start right away with uh, probably one of my, I don't know, oldest suggestions, but I absolutely love it. It's a little game called For Sale. And For Sale is a great game, really, for anybody. I mean, I think you could understand For Sale down to maybe third grade and up. And obviously, like, the older you get, the, like, a little better you'll be playing. But you still could understand it in third grade. Games divided into two sort of phases. The first phase is sort of this one where you're you're collecting properties, you're buying properties. You start with a little cash, and you each round there's uh, a property, like several property cards. We're just going to say we're playing a four-player game. You would then lay out four property cards, and they range from numbers one to thirty. And you got your little, I think, twelve thousand dollars to spend. And you're kind of bidding on these properties. But if you don't want to bid on it, if I'm like, oof, you know, like let's say there was number one, number 10, number 20, and number 30 out there. Maybe I want to go for the 30. So I bid a lot of money, but it goes around and you guys bid higher and higher and higher. And I could adjust my bid. I could go higher or I could choose to pass and take that bottom one for sort of free. You get half of your bid uh, rounded down back to you. So uh, maybe I'll do that. You know, or right away. Maybe I don't even place a bid. Maybe I'm kind of like, I'm going to keep my cash. I'm going to let them fight over the 30 and pass. I would just get the one for free. The next person's turn, they pass, they get it, right? So on and forth. So we don't really need to get into it, but we collect all of these. We do round after round after round until the property deck's empty. Once the property deck's empty, we kind of do the same thing, but in reverse. This time, we lay out a bunch of money cards, flip them over, the one money card per player. And let's say the money cards was like 5,000, 7,000, 14,000, and 15,000. Then we all look at the hand of property cards we've collected. And you got to kind of play this game of like the highest property card is going to get the highest bill out there, the highest check out there. So do I play my high one? Do I think they're playing their high one? Ooh. All of these cards out there are worth money. I passed on that one and I got it for free. Might as well sell it here now. There are two sort of forgery checks in there that just make it worthless. So that's interesting. When those come out, you're kind of like, oh, you don't want to be left with zero. End of the game, you collect your uh, your checks and you add it up to the coins you still had left in the beginning of the game. And that's your score. It is always an interesting, fun, little dynamic game that I have found students just love over the years. So... There's my first suggestion for sale. Moving right along, the next one I would have to tell you about was uh, really all of these are sort of new to me. Well, that's not true. There's one computer one that I'm going to save to the end here. But the next one I got to tell you is a absolutely just dream one for me. I absolutely love it. It's called We're Doomed. And while it's going to sound a little doomy, gloomy, terrible, whatnot, I got to tell you, super awesome. And like every middle school and up teacher should own this. Maybe if you hear this review and you're like, yeah, let's do this. Uh, you could totally play it. Like people understanding it could go fourth grade, maybe even third grade. 
Uh, but maybe topic-wise, you don't want to steer away from that. But my daughter's in fourth grade. She could totally get this. So, okay, let's set the scene a little bit. The In We're Doomed, one of the things I absolutely love about it is guaranteed 15-minute game. All right. That's priceless in that middle school classroom. So the storyline here is that the world is kind of going down. It's not, it's not, it's not going good. And so all these nations come together and everyone is given a government type and you're kind of representing one of the nations of the world. And there's five different nations. Each nation gets a sort of more powerful action. Each round you are choosing from one of the five actions and again your particular government gets one of those actions kind of amplified and this idea is all these governments are coming together to build this rocket ship to sort of take a portion of earth's population and sort of put them on the rocket ship and they can go off into hopefully a safe place and the The boxes used here in the box, you're putting these resource tokens in to build the spaceship. And here's this interplay. It's a little bit like if you've played Werewolf or those kind of social deduction-y sort of. I use that pretty loosely here. But uh, each round, it is an action phase where everyone goes around, takes an action. Then it is a sort of build phase where we all choose to chip in some resources that we may have collected in the round to the spaceship and we sort of throw it in and that's all of our governments collectively working together to build the spaceship. And then after that, whoever contributed the most in the contribution phase gets this event card and they get to read the event card. They also get an influence token. Now here, here's the genius thing. There are resource tokens, influence tokens, and these sort of event cards. Event cards, hilarious, thematic, beautiful. If you want to sort of learn uh, one style of sort of gamification or game-based learning, this would be more gamification, is just how thematic these cards are and how fun they are that sort of shake the events up or shakes the activity up. But whoever contributed the most gets an influence. Now, you're like, what's influence? Well, this rocket ship, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it takes like 40 or 50 resources to build just one seat. And then it's pretty much, I think, 10 more resources on top of that. Gets another seat and another seat and another seat. You can play this up to 10 players. And it's one of these things we could all win if we built 10 seats. Or we could all lose if we build no seats or there's a few other events that could happen. Uh, or the more likely scenario is we're going to only build a few seats and then it's a little like greedy, like who's going to get on the ship? And that's decided by influence for the most part. Sometimes there's the event cards that switch that rule up. But ultimately, it's the influence. And how you get influence is on your turn. Instead of collecting resources that could help build the ship and help all of us, you take influence. And the seating arrangement on the spaceship is based on influence. So I could go for being greedy, but if I'm greedy... We might not get the ship and they might not like it. And you're like, well, who cares if they don't like it? Just go for go for it. Here's the other interesting part. There is another action that somebody could nuke a team. And then there's out. So if you're being too greedy, they'll cut you out anyways and you'll lose even if you had the most influence. But the downside to that is with the real world sort of scenario here to build a nuclear program ain't cheap. 
It takes eight resources, which is almost a seat on the ship. So it's almost just as selfish for me to throw away eight chips to remove you, who's being kind of a jerk and taking all those influence tokens. It is fun. It is lighthearted. Kids, one, you can play 10, and you know that it's 15 minutes because there's a giant sand timer. The game is instantly over when the sand timer runs out. Nothing pauses the sand timer. It just ticks down the whole time, which I got to say also adds to students doing a good job in terms of paying attention to the game, staying focused, which are all things I like to teach as a teacher. That one, again, is called We're Doomed. So funny, so awesome. I absolutely love it. Uh, And I think your kids would too. So you can pick that one up for sure. Now the next one is another new one that I I had this year that I've never played with before. And that is Mars Open. I believe, don't quote me on this, I want to say Carol McLaughlin is the one that suggested this to me. I checked it out. It's pretty cool. Mars Open is this game where things sort of paper football. They give you these little things that are not paper footballs, but they give you these things that you're going to kind of flick around. And then they give you all these parts, and you can build all these like miniature golf sort of style holes played with sort of a paper football thing. I think the game gives you like, I want to say 54 holes that they've sort of pre-designed. So... You, you use the box, you use some of these other things to kind of be obstacles, and you play golf. I mean, it's like how many holes, how many like little flicks is it going to take? You play nine holes, who's ever got the lowest score wins. Super awesome. And I want to say they give you eight, maybe ten, but I want to say eight of those little flickers. So you could play with up to eight students. It's super fun, super light. Something that you could kind of carry over uh, day to day right? So you like, this is just, it's perfect. It's bellissimo, right? Uh, kids like it. You'll like it. And that one age wise, you you could go down to like first grade on that. All I would suggest on that is just make sure <laughs> they're not like bending the heck out of their little flicker piece, but you could also probably make those. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. Now, the last two that I'm going to talk about, and this is probably going to be a shorter episode because it's just me talking. You're probably sick of hearing me talk. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. (laughs) But for those of you that are hanging in there listening, I do really hope you take this suggestion because i got to tell you, all the games I've already described so far speak to the, the, the episode here, the company we keep, and this idea of these kids are excited to play with each other. They they learn together. They grow together. They have little inside jokes now together. It makes school a community. It it makes it more of a family, right? Like the uh, if you game together, you know, you stay together, and this is what this is what they do. And I I really like it, and I hope you try it. The last two that I'm going to talk to you about are both sort of computer-ish based games. And the first one I'm going to talk to you about, I want you to take with a grain of salt. I know it's a bit of a topic here. It's a bit of a, oof, I don't know about this. But if you really see the game in action, it is unbelievable amount of collaboration that goes on. 
And then the title of the game is Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Again, if you're not comfortable with this, don't, I mean, just don't take this suggestion. Check the other ones out. They're so good. Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. How this one works, you can get it on most devices. I mean, like there's a, I think there's an app for it. I'm certain it's on the Switch. I'm certain it's on Steam if you have that. Uh, So there's so many. You actually print out a manual. That's not like how to play. It's actually like a, an, like a deactivate the bomb sort of fake instruction manual. I print two of them off so plenty of kids can play. And what it is is one person's at the computer and the screen so that no one else can see it. And then you can have two, three kids join them. But the, the rule is they have to stay over there. They're not allowed to go over by the books. And like the storyline is kind of like the people there are diffusing a bomb like you see in the movies, like they're calling somebody saying, this is what I see. They're only verbally communicating. They can't show symbols, can't do anything else with the kids with the manual. So the kids with the manual say like, what do you see? And you're like, oh, we see some wires. And the kids with the manual flip to like the section that defines the wires. And there's all these questions that they ask, like, how many wires do you see? Well, I see six wires. Then like they go down to the section of the book where it talks about six wires and they're like, is there any yellow ones? You're like, no. And they're like, okay, is there blue ones? Yes. How many? Well, three. And like, it says like what to do. Like if there are, you know, six and no yellow ones and there's three blue ones, then it's like cut the third wire. Okay. They tell us that they cut little green light. Boom. We have five minutes to diffuse this thing. There's just this five minute timer ticking down and there are all these modules, little basically puzzles that you're trying to figure out. And then they say, what else do you see? And you're like, ooh, I see another like area on this bomb that there's like these little graphics and like, and then you're like, well, what do they look like? They flip to this section of the book and there's all these graphics and you're trying to describe them. They're all weird. And again, all you can do is use your words. And that's why, hence the name, keep talking and nobody explodes. Because if we solve the puzzles, boom, we're good. I probably shouldn't have said boom there. Sorry. And if we solve the puzzles, we are successful. And in the game, it gets progressively harder. So at the first time, there's, I think, only two puzzles you have to solve, maybe three, and then it's over. And then as you play more and more, it unlocks more and more, and it gets more and more challenging. And it is so fun. They dig it. And again, I love that collaboration. I love the teamwork. It's neat to see. Okay. Moving on to the fifth and final game we're going to talk about in this. Uh, The company we keep is a free online game that you can play. And you just Google the snake game. And the snake game is kind of that old, like old, old, like I believe this game actually existed on like the old Atari, for those of you that know what I'm talking about on that. And it's just this thing where this snake is kind of going around collecting this food. As it eats food, it gets longer. But as it gets longer, it's harder because you can never like double back on your tail. So you're kind of like moving and you're like taking turns and twists and you're not trying to like hit your tail. You can't hit the walls. Sometimes the food's right next to the walls. It's challenging. So you're like, well, why is this a game in the company we keep? One, it is so simple to tell kids to try this. And you could build your kind of own competition in your class or your own little like fun tournament or monkey with the game. So I will tell you, uh, a student of mine and I now start doing what we're called beast mode. 
And so while she's waiting to get picked up, she's in my classroom. This is not during class time at all. Uh, we take her laptop and we put it so that it's facing, like if you're picturing me sitting down at a student's desk, we're having it face like you, the teacher. So you're looking, so I'm looking down on the screen and the keyboard is sort of away from me. So it's upside down, right? And then we're literally trying to play the snake game upside down looking at the the screen uh like i think our best score is like 12 or something like that but it's super like fun to have that relation moment with the student it's super fun to have the laughs the belly laughs that come from your it 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 not working after you know like you die after like three little pieces of fruit that your thing collect your snake ate it's funny it's light it's easy on that note, uh, I'm going to throw one other one in there. If you type Moonlander or Lunar Lander, I don't know. I'm going to Google it right now. Give me a second. Give me a second because I do not edit this, so you're just going to have to wait. Pretty certain. Moonlander uh, game, maybe. Or it might be. Yeah, Lunar Lander game. Uh, that will come up in Google. And it's what you think it is. You are landing on the moon. This is a great one to challenge students. Definitely need to be, I mean, I play with my sixth graders, but they're, you have to be really patient and technical. There's some fuel involved. Uh, And challenge kids to this one. Again, if you have that study hall, you have that time at the end of the day, you're waiting for kids to get picked up. You got kids in early at the beginning of the day. Play one of these and play it with them, right? Build that relationship. Keep that company with your students. Invite other students into the company that you're choosing to keep. And I guarantee you're going to be building better relationships with your students, which is what we're all about. We're all about finding that joy in the journey on my YouTube channel here on Well Played. We are all about the things playful and joyous in education. And you know what? Our students are playful and joyous, and we can be with them. Pick up these games. Again, we're doomed. One of my absolute favorites that I found this year. Keep talking and nobody explodes. It's a digital game, but it's kind of that mix of digital and like board gaming with the with the books, and it's super fun. Mars Open, great for any age and super fun. I could see high schoolers totally digging that one. For Sale is an oldie but goodie. And then Snake Game is, again, super simple. And then Lunar Lander Game. It'll be the first thing coming up on Google. Try these things out. Uh, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this sort of unique episode in which it's just me on here. Uh, I'd love some feedback if you wouldn't mind. Uh, As always, you know, did this work out? (laughs) Having just me talk this time or... Uh, well, you'll never have to worry. I'm going to always be having guests. I'm a big fan of having guests, but I wanted to give this one a try. You know, this is like season five, five years of this. I thought I'd give it a little, little something different. All right, everybody, without further ado, we're going to, we're going to wrap this up. I want to thank all of you for joining the well-played community. If you've checked out EMC2 Learning, thank you for being part of that community as well. And everybody, I just want you to have a great day and play on.